Hello, everybody. Tara Henry here on the D1 Softball Podcast presented by S2 Cognition and joined today by new co-host, none other than Brady Vernon. Brady, thanks so much for joining me uh, this week on the D1 Softball Podcast. Well, uh, thanks for having me. It gets me out of uh, baby-proofing the Vernon household for uh, (laughs) our new recruit coming next month. I love that. Yeah, we got a new baby Vernon coming uh, to us soon. So Brady will join me this week on the podcast. And with that, we've got some pretty big news this week. We'll kick it off with Kayla Bro, former Alabama All-American Crimson Tide, heading back to Alabama. ESPN analyst. She's been in the booth for almost a decade, and now she's heading back to Patrick Murphy and Alabama. Brady, I don't know about you. I think this is a great move by Murph. Uh, and what are your initial thoughts on Kayla Bro heading back to Alabama? Well, obviously, it fits the culture that Murph has been doing there in Alabama, and everyone knows Kayla there. And you know, it's obviously a huge year for them. It's the first season post Montana Fouts, and kind of excited to see how that is. Um, I think everyone kind of wants to see them take a step forward offensively. Um, their pitching staff is going to be a lot different. It's going to be more of a committee, which we'll get into more when we talk about the transfer classes. But I think this is a really good move going to the circumstances and kind of late in the process of who is out there and kind of who he could get. So I think it fits in perfectly, and I think everyone else, especially Alabama fans, would probably agree. Oh, I think so. There's been lots of uh, chatter already on Twitter. And Kayla Bro, if you remember, uh, winning that national championship back in 2012, the famous Dancing in the Rain with Alabama Crimson Tide, and was a 2010 SEC Freshman of the Year and currently ranked second in Alabama history in career batting average, career hits, uh, and stolen bases. So big pickup by Murph and the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's the biggest news uh, just broke on Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, So uh, congratulations to Alabama. Excited to see how that offense does under uh, Kayla Bro. So that's the biggest news of the week. And we've got everything up on the site for you over on D1Softball.com. So head on over there. Check out the article on Kayla Bro. And we've got all fall schedules up there for you. So you can take a look at Who's playing who uh, this fall? You can sort by date. You can sort by team. uh, And we've got you covered there on D1Softball.com. But Brady, I want to ask you, who do you got this weekend in terms of fall ball schedules? Who are you looking at uh, for those of our listeners or viewers uh, to keep an eye on this weekend? Well, there's a fun three-team like round robin at Penn State. and State will be hosting Fordham and St. Francis. Um, Fordham and St. Francis have done really well in their respective conferences in like the A-10 and the Northeast. And so it's always good to see them kind of getting Power 5 competition. Um, and St. Francis is entering a new era too. Um, so in like those things, that's what's fun about fall ball is like, you know, everyone can test new things, see how the rosters are. And like, you know, getting that Power 5 competition against a good group of five teams or I want to distinguish that is like it's fun to see and like good for everyone involved and I think that's the thing is like these fall schedules seem to be getting more and more competitive for everyone and I think that's just great to see it's why like I think freshmen are producing at a high level let's all the transfers come in to get comfortable right away and so it's always fun to see those kind of matchups. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting. We both keep saying power five where I don't, I don't think we'll be able to say power five uh, much longer, but yes, big game there. And then Nebraska's got an inner squad. So I know that people are, are itching to see Jordy ball uh, in that Huskers uniform. So another one to keep an eye on and we'll see what, what it's like in the Jordy ball era over uh, with Nebraska, Ronda Ravel, uh, all smiles there. Uh, there's been some good uh, content coming out from Nebraska softball and excited to see what she does in those new uh, red pinstripes. So that's fall schedules. They're all up on the site. Uh, and if we're missing anything, I'm sure y'all will let us know. So just let us know if we're missing any games and, and we'll add that to the site. So fall schedules as well as player of the year, Biggie's test sites is up on the website, our very own Graham Hayes. Happy birthday to Graham yesterday. Uh, it, it is, it was his birthday. So that article is free for you to take out the Villanova player of the year uh, from a small town uh, in outside of New York and uh, good stuff on there. And we've got articles on all, almost all of the mid-major players of the year. So you can check those out. Uh, Brady, uh, in terms of players of the year, I know we've got a master list. Uh, who stuck out to you uh, in terms of players of the year just a season ago? Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> I <was> like, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess just kind of going back. I mean, Graham probably knows best before any of us, and he's always in his stats and stuff, and I think so. All of those are just incredible to check out, and they have a ton of data. Especially, he uses the six four three charts data that we have. Um, but and I think it's fun to see, you know, like those kids like work really hard, and sometimes they don't get the recognition that we kind of put and we try to put out. But I think those gives an insight to fans that like really see like who's all progressing through that. And a lot of the times, we do kind of see those names pop in the transfer portal. Um, I guess. On that kind of note, I've always been a really big fan of Kelsey Hall and kind of her story, um, starting at Fresno State, going through injury, and then Boise State. She started off really slow last year um, and then just, like, hit home runs at an incredible pace. At one time, she was kind of, like, leading um, the entire nation in runs created. Um, and so she's going to be at Arizona State now and kind of helping propel that offense under Mar Megan Barlett. And so – I think that's going to be really fun to see. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but it's really cool kind of seeing a new staff take over there in Tempe and kind of rebuild each year and using the transfer portal to their advantage after losing so much when Trisha Ford left for Texas a and oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Brady. And Kelsey Hall is a good one. And I know, I because you're up on the site doing a lot of our work. I know Gabby Sacco, uh, that you're a huge fan of Gabby Sacco out of FAU. So Florida Atlantic, uh, Graham's got another story. Uh, on Gabby Sacco. Again, you can head on over to the site and check those out. Uh, those have been uh, some great uh, little tidbits. <laughs> Anything from Graham is a great piece. <laughs> so that's our players of the year. Uh, right now, like I said, oh, we've got the biggies player on the year uh, up on the site, big lefty power hitter in test sites. So uh, now we'll head on over to why we've got Brady on this week. Because if you've been paying attention, we're highlighting the top 15 transfer classes of 2024. And again, with help from our friends over at 643 Charts, really using the weighted wins above average uh, 
metric that they've been able to put together. It's basically softball's equivalent to war in baseball. So it's basically a, a, a metric to measure how many wins a player is worth to a team. So Brady, we'll start with 11 through 15. Uh, I know this was really fun for you to do and taking a look at these transfer classes, but in terms of that 11 through 15, what stood out most to you uh, in those top 15 transfer classes? So this group is kind of some teams that just added a lot of different players. Um, you have Houston who kind of somewhat have a revolving door. They had a lot of players leave and then bring in a ton of talent. And uh, objectively, the talent that they brought in was better compared to last year. And, you know, a lot of the players that left, like, they didn't have a ton of innings throwing or they didn't have a batting average above 300. And so when you add uh, someone from – like Cian Hall and Shelby Smith, who's a two-way player, she can be the ace and have a really good bat. Um, they added Lair Boutte from Tennessee, and so she's probably going to step in right away. But there's a bunch of different contributors. Kennedy Thomas was a starter at Cal for a lot of years. Jasmine Rollin was a starter at ASU. Um, and so I think that's kind of the boost there, and especially Houston, who brought in two new assistant coaches as well, and Monica Taylor and Hope Troutwine. Um, but my favorite of this group is probably FAU. Um, and kind of talking about that is, you know, their pitching was so good last year, but they just struggled on offense and produce. And so what did kind of Jordan Clark go out and do? Oh, well, she just got a bunch of names, a bunch of hitters. Um, we have Cameron Jackson coming over from Duke. And last year, she wasn't as productive as her 2021 year, but that or her 2022 year. And that's the thing is like kind of building through numbers. You know, we have Gabby Baylock for Virginia. Um, Presley Lee back from Lipscomb was super, super good. She had an incredible content or contact rate of north of 90% when she swung. She doesn't strike out. And so she added the most wins out of that group. Um, and then you also have um, Trinity's Clotman Beck from Maryland who led the Terrapins with innings and she can also be two-way. And so I think the plan there with FAU is, you know, we get all these hitters. Let's see what happens. We'll put together the best lineup because, you know, we don't have to score a ton of runs at the pitching set that we have led by Gabby Sacco. Absolutely. And it, in terms of Houston, I couldn't agree more. I, I remember uh, in reading this, remembering that uh, Lair Boutte uh, transferring out of Tennessee, huge pickup. And again, going to be working with Nadia Taylor there, those hitters. I think uh, we're going to see Houston, uh, you know, I think we're going to see Houston uh, put up a fight here uh, with uh, that those transfers and, and that new uh, coaching staff. So that's 11 through 15 up on the site. Head on over to d1softball.com to check out the rest uh, in that set. Now we're going to move to 6 through 10 uh, of the top transfer classes in 2024. Brady, what sticks out to you in this uh, next set of five? Other than we've got uh, a lot of Power Fives programs uh, represented in this next set uh, with one lone mid-major, which we technically, you know, always say that Louisiana isn't actually a mid-major uh, in the <laughs> world. Um, yeah, so we'll kind of jump off of, like, ASU. Um, they kind of come in here at 7. Outside of Kelsey Hall, uh, who was – she finished with, like, the win runs created plus another metric from 463 of, like – 216, which is on par with Jada Coleman and Sydney McKinney from last year, just kind of put in perspective how good of a year she had when you're up with those two. Um, 
another one is uh, Tanya Wendell, who is an Arizona native. She was the WAC freshman of the year at Utah Tech. And so she's going to have three years of eligibility. But it wasn't just about the offense. I mean, you're uh, ASU had a lot of struggles last year at shortstop and catcher, like two of the most like biggest positions defensively. And so then you add um, Alicia Denby from Fresno State, who was the defensive player of the year for that conference. And so that's going to solidify that spot. You know that's going to happen. And then six four three just came out with defensive run save metric, and we've never had that in softball before. And I love it. It literally puts in perspective how good these players are defensively. Well, they add Mackenzie McFarland, who was rated as the second best in that turn for all catchers. And so you go from having those being struggles, like those can be strengths now, and you're getting better offensively. And so I think there's reason to be excited in Tempe about what they're building and how they're rebuilding that program. And so I think that's going to be fun to see. Um, another one is, you know, <laughs> Georgia's lineup was stacked last year, and it has been, and they're adding Sarah Gordon, who is the AC freshman of the year. Um, so she can solidify that catcher spot, and she can play a bunch of different positions. And honestly, there's just going to be too many good players in that lineup. And but my favorite one, and I'm kind of a big fan of her, is Lily Bax, who comes from North Carolina. Um, and Georgia's returning like their entire staff, like Shelby Walters, Lily Bax, uh, Madison Kerpex. But Georgia didn't have a lefty last year. Mm. And when we're getting into that pitcher kind of committee, you know, we need to have different options. And so in Bax's ERA may not look like the greatest, but she pitched really, really well. She pitched well against Clemson in the ACC tournament. Um, this is a kid who graduated early, and so her freshman year, she should have been in high school still. So I think there's still a lot of untapped potential there, and I'm really excited to see what happens there. Um, yeah. And then Florida. I Florida can came in at six. I think a lot of fans maybe be upset that you know they didn't land an arm especially with what they're kind of bringing in. But you're revamping the top of that lineup. You know, Skylar Wallace had such a great year, but you lose Tarla Eccles, so you need someone to bring her in. Well, I mean, from what we saw from Jocelyn Erickson at Oklahoma, she has a ton of power. She batted in the cleanup for an Oklahoma lineup as a freshman. Like, there's still a ton there. And then you add Corby Otis, who, you know, was kind of on par with Skylar when it came to extra base hits and speed. And so... if you can't get Skylar Wallace and Corby Otis out at the top of the lineup, like good luck getting them off the base path. <laughs> so I think that's going to be very, very fun to watch. Yes. And for all of those acronyms that Brady is using with our, our metrics from six, four, three charts in terms of weighted runs created plus to, to give you all an idea on our website, there is a statistics tab that gives you these advanced batting statistics for our subscribers. So weighted runs created plus it basically scales uh, weighted runs created. So league average is about 100, meaning a WRC plus of 110 is about 10% above the D1 average. So the highest weighted runs created plus in Division One from the 2023 season is, in fact, Skylar Wallace with 251. 
So when we're talking about Kelsey Hall, she's not far behind at 216. So that's the type of statistics you can head on over to the site and take a look at. And we're going to use more of that throughout the season because uh, we know that our viewers and listeners uh, love data. And we're going to start explaining it a little bit more because Brady and I are, are, are in, in the weeds <laughs> of it, in the thick of it. Uh, and so hopefully you can come alongside us and get a little bit more into the data with us. So that's six through 10 on our top 15 transfer classes of 2024. And now we're going to head to the top uh, one through five transfer classes of 2024. Uh, not No shock here, Brady. Uh, we've got Oklahoma in that number one spot, uh, picking up almost 12 wins uh, with their transfers. Uh, this is just with the transfers, everybody. So uh, that to me stood out. I was pretty shocking to to know that you add just a handful of players and you're picking up 12 more wins from a team uh, that just a season ago. Uh, that's maybe you know a quarter of the wins uh, in regular season. So Brady, what stuck out to you in one through five uh, in the top 2024 transfer classes? So kind of going off your point of the wins added, um, the metric is sometimes a little heavily favored in the pitching side, but that's because pitchers have the ball all the time. Like we've seen what aces can do for each team. And so the reason why Oklahoma has far more wins added compared to anyone else is, you know, they arguably added three aces. And when you see other programs like Tennessee, Florida State, Florida, who we all think maybe needed another arm, not add anyone, and Oklahoma adds three. And you add that to Nicole May, who, I mean, it's even losing Jordy Ball. I mean, the pitching stress is going to be so strong. I mean, uh, getting Kelly Maxwell, who was, you know, arguably the best pitcher in 2022 out there with Georgina Korek. I mean, the reason why I believe that she can get back to that form compared to last year where it seemed like she struggled with walks is, you know, the OU – coaching staff i mean jennifer rocha gets the best out of everyone she just does maxwell won't be able to have a big workload that she's had in the past and then you add carly keeney who has an incredible screwball she threw a ton of innings too so i think like it's this workload thing but i mean i i do want to talk about Payne monticelli the most you know she's probably the lesser known of the three and the thing is with her is, you know, you look at her ERA and it's like 2.71. She wasn't the ace at Wisconsin. You know, surface level people might be like, why did Oklahoma add her? I mean, she has incredible stuff, as you can attest. You've seen it in person plenty of times. <laughs> um, but I, another kind of thing with 643 is they can track um, what they call the shadow range. And that's the edges of the strike zone, pain in the corners, you know, the things that elite pitchers do. Well, she was... At, I think it was above 40% and like the D1 average is around 25%. And so she was able to do that and all her advanced metrics are vast, vastly past ERA, which in this day and time is not the greatest way to show what a pitcher can hold. And so I think adding that has just been incredible. She's going to have three more years of eligibility. Uh, meanwhile, Maxwell and Keeney, you have them just for this year, but I mean, this is, this is the last year of that great class of, you know, you Jada Coleman and Tara, Col Tara Jennings, and then you have Kinsey Hansen in your last year. So, I mean, it really is just rebuilt again. 
Um, and so I, I mean, it's going to be very interesting how those three mix and how the staff is used because they have six capable arms. And so it'd be interesting how they kind of spread that across on the team. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brady. And in terms of Monticelli, she, you know, anytime you've got somebody that can throw, you know, 67, 68, 69 up in the zone. And like you said, um, in, in parts of the zone, in the shadow, um, parts of the zone I, I think uh, she is highly effective uh, and having six viable arms uh, is not is not something that you uh, you see very often uh, it sounds almost like uh, Florida State just a season ago but yep Oklahoma reloading there and adding almost uh, well I think it's 11.8 we've got the weighted wins above average uh, of what of adding in their transfers so that's one through five the rest or up on the site, head on over to d1softball.com and uh, let us know what you think. Any questions about any of those advanced statistics, send them our way uh, and we'll get back to you. So that's it for what we're covering for the week. We do want to get into the 2025 uh, commitments. Those are happening. And if you've got a commitment, send it to Brady. Brady, where can people get in touch with you uh, so we can add them to the list? Well, um, on Twitter or X, it's just my name. Um, my DMs are open, although I don't know if that still works. I don't know what works and doesn't work on Twitter nowadays. Um, but then there's also my email, which is just bradyevernon at gmail.com. And we are just trying to form a database of commitments and try to get more into the recruiting scene and hope to continue to expand what we do with the website and just kind of continue to grow and have all, all the software coverage that we can here. Great. So if you have a 2025 commitment and you'd like us to add it to the site, please uh, get in contact with Brady. And speaking of 2025 commitments, uh, we're going to have our first commitment. Well, on, on the podcast this week in Kendall Wells, OU Oklahoma commit out of Georgia, uh, catcher uh, all around, just baller. She's actually a utility, uh, can play basketball, uh, and one of the big-time recruits uh, that will be heading to Oklahoma, uh, the 2025 recruit. So we'll see her in a few years. But big pickup by Patty Gasso, and I swear it's Boomer Sooner every day uh, we're seeing out of there. So uh, I know it's an OU heavy podcast and I know we're going to get flack for that, but here's Kendall Wells, uh, our first ever, uh, you know, recruit slash travel ball slash club high school player. She's going to join us today on the D1 softball podcast. Here she is. Hello everybody. Tara Henry here back with the D1 softball podcast and I'm so excited for our guest this week, none other than Kendall Wells, Oklahoma commit out of 2025. She's actually our first commit that we've had on the D1 Softball Podcast. Very excited to welcome Kendall. Kendall, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you all. So we're going to start with just everything about you. I want to know, I think most of OU Softball Faithful wants to know, uh, about Kendall. So Kendall, when did you start playing softball and when did you realize that this was kind of uh, your love and your passion? Um, I started playing softball around four or five, you know, my parents kind of 
threw us into every sport, you know, pick which one was your favorite. And I really fell in love with softball. And I loved the part of being a catcher. I like, I started being a catcher when I started playing. And I love the fact that I was a part of every play. You know, I didn't have time to like run around and play in the dirt or zone off into space. I was like a part of everything. I could see what was going on. And I just loved that aspect of it. And you played softball from a very young age. Did you play any other sports when you were younger? Um, I used to do swimming. Swimming. Um, I obviously played basketball. Still play basketball. And yeah, I think I think those are it. And when did you decide on softball? Like softball was your sport. When do you think that happened? I think that happened like throughout the whole process. I didn't start playing basketball until like third grade. And so before that, I realized like, oh, this is my thing. My mom like coached me for a little bit. I had started travel ball before like I started basketball and I just didn't love basketball as much as I love softball. And I think that's when I was like, oh, this is my thing. Let's go. And the recruiting process can be, you know, grueling for some, it can be easier for others. I want to kind of get into that in a little bit, but before we talk about that, you know, in, in living in Athens, Georgia, uh, and deciding to commit to OU, what, you know, what were kind of the parameters that you were looking for during your recruiting process before you even kind of started to figure out where you wanted to go? Um, I wanted a school that really had like a family atmosphere, a big, like where the girls all get along, where the coaches all get along, a really like a team that obviously loves each other, loves being with each other. Um, I'm a really big, like, I love to hang out with friends. I love to hang out with my family. So I don't want to be around, you know, a team where like, we don't get along. We're not with each other. Like I want a team where I'm with them all the time, hang out with them, loving them. And then I really wanted a school that was not I don't want to I don't want a big city I'm not like a city girl obviously like I live near like an hour or so from Atlanta but Athens itself and the city I live in which is about 15 minutes away from Athens is a smaller city and you know my family like we've always grown up kind of country I guess you could say you know like we went to my grandparents farm we own horses but like I've I love the aspect, how close we are to Athens. So when I went to Oklahoma and saw how Norman was honestly, like, to me, it's like identical to Athens. The whole, the campus is set up like the exact same way to me. It's in close proximity to Oklahoma city, which is a big city that you could go to if you wanted to be in the city. And then another thing was the coaching staff, you know, coaches that'll push me to be my best and understand, you know, my philosophy of, things and understand how I work and move as a catcher and a hitter and to help me be the best I can be. I love that. And you, you kind of talked a little bit about that catcher hitter. So you can pretty much play anywhere. Uh, and you also alluded to the fact that you play basketball. Do you still play basketball in high school? I, I'm not going to lie. I saw some clips of you um, making some runs and a few steals down the court. You're actually quite quick for a catcher, which I don't know a lot of catchers that still steal bases. But um, in terms of basketball, what do you think basketball brings to your game? And why do you still play basketball? Um, I think basketball brings a uh, more quickness, um, like conditioned way to my softball. Uh, in basketball season, obviously basketball conditioning is very much different from softball conditioning, but it allows me to 
work on things that I wouldn't necessarily work on in softball, like moving my feet quick, getting down the court fast, you know, jumping, all those kinds of things, which work different parts of my body and obviously help my body replenish when I'm not in softball season. I'm moving those different muscles for basketball. I love that. And you, you mentioned your mother was your coach. Who's your biggest influence uh, in terms of your career, your softball career? Um, I don't know. I would, I've had some pretty influential coaches over my time, but I feel like my parents have always just supported me and all my sisters in the same with what we've wanted to do with our careers and provided everything that we could have ever imagined to be successful. And yeah, I would say they're my most influential people. And heading to Oklahoma, what are you most excited about? Um, I'm excited to work along, you know, the most, the, most of the best players in the country. I'll always be pushed, always be working to get better. You know, you're never going to be the best. You're always going to have to be working, being coached by some of the most elite coaches in the country who know the game better than a lot of people. And just that aspect of softball will be really cool for me. And there was a couple other signees, obviously, that are going to be heading to OU with you and Sophia Bordy and Alyssa Parker. Have you played against either of them? And what are your thoughts on on signing uh, alongside two two of the another you know pair of great uh, players uh, in the country? Right, right. Um, I've played against Alyssa. I haven't played against Sophia, but I've been going to camps with him obviously since I was in ninth grade. They're both amazing athletes extremely athletic both pitchers and hitters can do both at the elite level so I'm really excited obviously they're pitchers so we'll be I'll be catching them so that'll be super cool and yeah and your freshman year uh in high school at North Oconee you said the uh home run record uh, as a freshman there, uh, then had some injuries through your sophomore year. And you're in it right now uh, because in Georgia, y'all play in the fall. But what's that high school experience been like for you? Um, I really enjoy high school softball. It's obviously different from travel ball. Travel ball, I'm playing with girls like all across the country. High school, I'm playing with, you know, people I've gone to school with since I was a kid. And it's just super cool because it's a different type of like teammates and stuff. And it's it's much more relaxed, relaxing to me than travel ball, you know, like high school's fun. I'm playing with my friends. I go to school with every day. And it's just like a, a different, a different type of softball to me than travel ball. And in talking about travel ball, you were out here on the West coast uh, in Huntington beach at PGF. What's your favorite memory uh, from this past season uh, playing with the Georgia impact? I, I was able to watch a few of your games, so I um, was able to see some of that offense that we're talking about. But what was, what's your favorite memory from this past summer? Um, so, obviously, you know, playing and winning, finishing fifth at PGF was super fun. And we had a big game against Hot Shots Nelson out there. It was a super big game, super cool. But I think my favorite is me and my teammates, like, we love each other, always with each other, all the time. And we went surfing for the first time. And it was just super funny because, like, obviously we're all athletic girls. You have to be athletic at that level. But it was just funny, like, we'd all never done anything like that and watching everybody, like, fall. And everyone was like, by the end, it wasn't even a joke anymore. Like, everyone was determined to, like, I'm going to get up. Like, what is this? I have to get up. I better be good at this. It was super funny. I love it. So uh, in terms of surfing, were you able to actually get on the board and, and surf a wave? 
Oh yes, yes, we all we all surfed away. Like it, by the end, we were like, everyone. They're like, all right, time to go in, and everyone was like, no, I'm going to get up on this wave. <laughs> like, no, like we have to get up. <laughs> I love that. Um, just a few more. So, in terms of maybe there is a young athlete watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, what advice would you give uh, younger softball players in that are wanting to play in D- Division One softball and are starting their recruiting process uh, uh, right now, what would you say to them? Um, I would say, obviously, just continue to work hard, continue to push yourself to be the best you can. But don't – I think something I did well with my recruiting process is I didn't let it, like, stress me out. I I just um, – like, I wasn't like, oh, you have to play good. Like, you're – it was more of like a – I was so grateful I was – able to play at this level and be have this talent I just used it to my advantage like you've got this you can do this like not like oh like you got to do good you got to hit a home run like everybody's watching you but like oh like you're good you can do this just show them how you can play I love that I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure especially um with the younger age groups uh nowadays so um I love that that advice um before we end it, I want to do some fun things. What do you do outside of softball? Um, that, like, what do you love most to do outside of softball when you're not at the field or uh, at the court playing basketball, um, shooting hoops? Like, what are your favorite things to do? Um, I would say I hang out with my friends a lot, friends and family a lot. Like, you, if you know me, I'm always with people. Like, it doesn't matter who it is, but like, I'm either with my family doing something, I'm with my friends doing something. I'm very extroverted, don't like to be at home, chill by myself, you know, always doing something with my friends, whether it's like anything we can think of to do to hang out with each other. That's what we do. Favorite food? Um, watermelon. Watermelon. I love it. Um, favorite type of music or favorite song? Oh, country music. Um, my favorite song right now is East Side of Sorrow, one of Zach Bryan's new songs that just come out. I really like that song. Favorite concert you've ever been to? Oh, I went to Zach Bryan at Red Rocks when we were playing Ooh. there in Colorado. It was my favorite thing ever. I love that. Uh, favorite restaurant? Oh, gosh. Olive Garden or Outback? Oh, my gosh. I love both of those. Yes. What's your favorite dish at Outback? Outback? Um, the tangy tomato dressing. I get it on my side salad. It's my favorite thing ever. I love that. Uh, well, Kendall, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the D1 Softball Podcast. Best of luck. We can't wait to see you out. Uh, you're going to be in the new field over there uh, in yeah. Norman uh, yeah. at Love's Field. So we'll see you out there. It's going to be here before you know it, but congratulations again uh, on your commitment softball uh, and best of luck. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for this. And thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Kendall Wells, OU commit 2025. Great to have her on the podcast. Excited to see what she does. Obviously with Kinsey Hansen graduating and her heading into OU, uh, she will be looking for that catcher spot, but she's incredibly athletic, uh, can be used at third, has played short, plays basketball, just an athlete, all-around athlete. And I love the fact that she steals bases. You don't hear too many catchers that uh, like to steal some bases. So that's Kendall Wells. Brady, final thoughts uh, this week on the D1 Softball Podcast? Um, Well, you like someone that steals bases? That doesn't sound like you, no. (laughs) 
Um, but no, I mean, we're going to be jumping in the fall report soon. Uh, crazy as that is, you know, season just approaches as quickly, you know, you know, you get in the football season week by week goes like quicker. And then you're like, Oh wow, it's February. It's go time. So we're going to be getting into that. And I know like those in little insights are great. You know, I remember last year, just Jessica Alsa telling me, you know, how crazy talented she thought Nigel Kennedy was. And I was like, Jessica Alistair isn't one to just kind of coach, talk, and speak. So when she says something like that, we stay tuned. And, well, turns out she was right. I love that. Yeah, I still go back to our fall reports because there's some really great nuggets that are in there from coaches. And so we'll be starting those in the next couple weeks here. Uh, Brady, my co-host for the week, uh, Brady Vernon, uh, Tara Henry for Brady Vernon. Thanks so much for joining me this week. That's the D1 Softball Podcast. Uh, We'll see you all next week.